faithwire.com. President Biden says he's got a deal coming on his Build Back Better agenda, but not everyone seems so confident. Today's Thursday, October 28th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros, and we'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here on this podcast. You can find us on iTunes and subscribe there. We're here Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you with us. And here with me now, as always, is Trey Gons Phillips from FaithWire.com with a look at what we've got coming up. What's up, Trey? Hey, Dan. So we have like a, a Halloween-heavy podcast today. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that, it's fitting, I guess, that's yeah. coming up Sunday. So uh, we're going to talk about Twix. They released a new Halloween ad targeting children and sexual identity, and it's quite concerning. Mm. Uh, then there's, there's a shocking percentage of Americans uh, who are reporting personal experiences with the paranormal. Yeah. Uh, so we'll share those details and maybe define a little bit of what paranormal means, I guess, for particularly from a Christian context, because we don't necessarily <laughs> we don't necessarily agree with, with the way secular people right. might might right. paint it. So we'll talk about that. And then celebrity tattoo artist Kat Von D, she's closing her business in California and moving to rural Indiana. Yeah. And for anybody who's been following the people who have been leaving California, her reasons are probably not going to shock you. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing to get, if you really have to I think mess it up to get people to leave a state of weather that beautiful, <laughs> yeah. right? And a giant ocean that's spectacular. Right. So, all right, let's dive right into story number one here. Joe Biden's Build Back Better agenda. It's hanging in the balance. Is it going to pass? Do we want it to pass? These are um, all things that are going in the mainstream media right now. Here are three things you need to know. Starting with number one, the details. President Biden he visited with Democrats this morning at their caucus meeting to announce a framework to their reconciliation bill. And the goal of that was to convince progressives who are blocking the infrastructure bill to get it to pass. It's, it's not clear if it'll work. Um, there's still no legislative text or for the reconciliation bill. So, um, But he told him in that meeting this morning that there are majorities in the House and the Senate, as well as his own presidency, that it hangs in the balance. So the drama was high there at this meeting. He said he didn't think it was hyperbole to say that the House and Senate majorities will be determined by what happens next week. He said, uh, I need you to help me. I need your votes. Uh, it's interesting that when it's behind closed doors, it's kind of prefaced on him, like that that's the thing that mm -hmm. matters about this, not that people need it or, you know, America needs it. It's I need it. So interesting uh, wording there. Biden and top Democrats are asking for their members to vote on the infrastructure bill as soon as possible. Um Again, despite the fact that that framework for the reconciliation bill is far from uh, ready for a vote. So you have these Democrats, these progressives that are reacting to this. Bernie Sanders said today that he's not satisfied with the climate provisions. He's kind of famously asked for way more money. Um, Bernie Sanders obviously is a self-avowed socialist who... Um, you know, has an interesting take on money. I think he seems to think government has an infinite <laughs> supply of it. Um, so uh, progressive Cori Bush uh, said that she still will not vote for the bipartisan, of course, they always call it bipartisan infrastructure bill, despite President Biden's proposed reconciliation framework. Um, Kristen Cinema, Kirsten Cinema from Arizona, uh, she's kind of one of the ones that's like a mansion sort of holding holding out and everyone they're trying to sway her to get on board um she said they've achieved quote progress 
but didn't commit for a vote uh, to vote for the reconciliation bill. So number two uh, here on this one, Trey, you got a lot of people drawing comparisons on this Build Back Better Act to the Obamacare fight from about 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago or so, because that was a bitter fight over that. If you remember, I mean, they had a super majority at that time and they were having a hard time getting Obamacare passed because it was so toxic and so hated by most Americans. And the Democrats were afraid, any Democrat that wasn't a radical leftist, they were afraid that their seat was going to be gone. And, um, but the leadership just pushed it through. They didn't care. They were ready to sacrifice everybody for, for to get Obamacare in because they know once it's in, it's almost impossible to get it out. And so you're having a very similar uh, vibe going on here. Back during when Obamacare passed, there was a second bill, a Health Care and Education Reconciliation Act of 2010 that was passed by Democrats uh, using bu- budget reconciliation in order to make some changes to uh, the ACA. And now Democrats are seeking to pass both the Build Back Better Act and a separate $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, which has already passed in the Senate. They, they, uh, the progressives in the House, they kind of think that, you know, they say that they won't vote for the, for the uh, infrastructure bill unless it's linked to the larger package. That's kind of been the hangup. So number three, why does it matter? Well, I mean, look, just same with Obamacare. You know, we're going to, it's the taxpayers that are going to be paying this for years to come. If uh, yeah. if they're able to jam this in, and it's it it certainly is interesting, Trey, because it seems like when Democrats get a majority at all, they go for broke. Like they know this is our chance. <laughs> they're and they're willing to just like in 2010. Because remember, they got absolutely slaughtered in the midterms after that, um, and so they're willing to take that hit in order to get these big infrastructure bills that are once they're become like the fabric of the government, they're almost impossible to get out because there's just too much stuff in them. They're too big. And um, so they're just going for it. Yeah. I mean, and they really kind of seem to latch onto the fact that so many Americans are not really future oriented. So they're not, right. we're not thinking about what is this going to, what kind of impact is this going to have down the road? Um, so because like we've seen that with the eviction moratorium that this that was the CDC, like did that. I mean, no authority whatsoever right. to do that. And they, they did that and people cheered that as fantastic. I'm, I'm anticipating probably the same thing in January when uh, the, the, when people have to start paying their student loans again, uh, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> there's going to be some sort of protest and outcry. Uh, and then I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if some sort of, government agency makes this unilateral decision uh it says oh no you don't have to pay it anymore and it's just like <laughs> right so it's just but but obviously those things are going to have to be paid you can't just not pay your rent to a landlord forever and expect to still have apartment complexes in the future right uh you know so th- it's like these these things are going to have consequences but a lot of these far left progressives seem to to just fixate on the like the immediate quick fix now. Yeah. Well, the, uh, and and yeah. you know they're they're banking that people are not going to think about the consequences down the road, uh, and that's a hard thing to combat for conservatives because obviously, you know the the gimme now sounds really good. You don't right. it's kind of you don't want to be the boring parent who's like, well, you got to think about what this is going to cost down the road. Right, right. Well, the scary thing here, Trey, on that kind of analysis that you just gave there is that you have open avowed socialists and some even communists um 
in our government currently. And it makes yeah. complete logical sense from, from that framework when you consider their political views and in an ideal word, world, what would work for them. Seeing something like, well, there won't be private apartments out there. That to them is a good thing because if government can right. take over control of that, well, that's good from a communist or socialist uh, worldview. And so that's kind of the scary thought is that we actually have a lot of those people in Congress right now. So mm. and pushing these things. And it's like they don't care if if that happens yeah. to them. That's a good end result. They would love to see these private infrastructure because they think it's unfair, unequitable, not equal. And they're the ones that can be the great equalizer. So to me, that's actually kind of a kind of a frightening sort of reality. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of the supply chain issues we were talking about yesterday. While I understand it's something that needs to be solved, it, it it's, it's like it's awkward to me for the government to step in and like Biden to commission the military to right. help with yeah. it. Like this is a this is a private sector thing. I don't. We shouldn't want the government as Americans to come in and no. save the day. No, uh, that just. Does I mean, not Amazon end well. Amazon versus USPS. I mean, it's kind of like. Yeah. Which one do you want? <laughs> I'll take Amazon and Jeff Bezos every day. Yes. You know? From a performance so, perspective. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So story number two. So the maker of the Twix candy bar has a new ad out for Halloween, and it's definitely concerning. Uh, so here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. The ad, which is for a candy bar, uh, targets kids with a message about sexuality and gender identity. Uh, in the commercial, a young boy is in a princess dress, and he opens the front door to find a mysterious new you know, nanny. It's, it's supposed to be somebody who's coming to take care of him. Uh, his parents are, are both at work. Uh, the woman is dressed to look like a witch. Uh, so someone in the neighborhood then notices uh, the, the girl, or some neighborhood girls notice the boy wearing the dress. Uh, and they tell him, like, it's not Halloween yet. Why are you in a costume already? Uh, and he gets pretty sad and downtrodden about it and he goes back inside whatever then uh, it transitions you see the boy uh with the nanny dressed as a witch uh at the park uh, he's still wearing the princess dress and an older boy comes up to him and makes fun of him and asks why he's dressed quote like a girl and uh, the boy responds that it makes him feel good uh, it's the next part though that's a bit concerning dan yeah obviously bullying is wrong regardless right, right, right. of uh, of your view like that's just an obvious thing uh, but then the older boy because he doesn't affirm the younger boy's perspective on sexuality like transgenderism all that kind of stuff the nanny uses her quote-unquote magic powers to cause a storm to literally vanquish the the older boy completely uh, and you get the impression that he's gone forever and is, <laughs> yeah. is not coming back at all well they even uh, asked, the, she, she even asked at the end the, the kid asked yeah. the, the nanny like is he coming back and she's, she's like, like I, don't I, don't I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, number two here. At no point in the ad, I should mention, is Twix even brought up. Like the candy bars <laughs> no, are not in the ad not even at close. all, except for like right at the beginning, you see a Twix bar. And then at the end, you see a Twix bar. I don't know how it has anything to do with candy. Uh, several commentators decried the commercial. J.D. Vance uh, said that people are these people are ruining everything. Uh, and then Samuel say he's a he's been really critical of CRT. He's a commentator. Uh, he said this ad supports two separate kinds of child abuse. Uh, so number three, why does it matter? I think it's easy to dismiss some of this stuff as kind of benign. Uh, and some of it likely is, uh, but parents do need to be careful because there's 
a lot of this stuff though uh, that is is not benign and there are some some insidious intentions behind them like this ad is targeting kids and it's teaching them one uh, that these kinds of sexual identities are are okay and should be celebrated uh, you know, if you're just a little kid and you're playing dress up, that's one thing, but they're, they take it to a whole new level uh, and they're obviously pushing a, a progressive agenda here. Uh, then number two, it's, it suggests that anyone who disagrees with you is, is the villain. Uh, like, like those who don't completely affirm you are bullies uh, and they need to all be eliminated at whatever cost. Uh, and it just, as a Christian, I can look at it, Dan, and say like this deceptively paints uh, what is completely out of line with God's design for us as the moral good. Uh, it's like taking yeah. what's good and making it evil and what's evil, making it good kind of thing. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And um, that, that to me is the disturbing part of it is it's, and this is, it's actually quite honestly, a fair representation of basically how culture is going right now. If you disagree yeah. with the popular narratives and that particular worldview that you must accept every sort of mental disorder, um, then if you don't accept those or address those in the exact way that they feel is appropriate, uh, then you deserve to be bullied, destroyed, yeah. you know, get I mean, rid, just like eliminated rid of, eliminated from, from, from culture. Right. And, and is that not what happens right now? I mean, look what social media does. They, yeah. the big tech giants, if you misgender someone or if you say men can't get pregnant, you'll get You'll get, I mean, I might've just gotten our podcast deleted, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe Apple will turn it off. I don't know. But that's the, that's the point. That's exactly what's happening. And they feel empowered right now. And I think Seth Dillon, who's the owner, CEO of the Babylon Bee said it, look, if you're, if you have the will and the power to silence someone for disagreeing with you, then you're not the, you're not oppressed. You're the oppressor. And yeah. uh, I think that ad is just showing this empowerment now. Oh, well, we've got popular culture on our on our side now. The tide is with us. And so stomp them out. I mean, we saw the same thing with a lot of those Black Lives Matter protests, those those different protests, the George Floyd protests that were going on. It was intimidation of just people sitting and eating dinner out at a patio. You know, it's just that is the mood of, I think, a lot of people on the secular left right now. And, uh, and so this ad actually, I think, encapsulated that fairly well. Yeah. And the sad thing, too, like just an additional issue is the fact that everything is just spoiled by politics now, yeah. right? Like, there's nothing that can just be fun and lighthearted. Like, everything has to be divisive and people have to be angry about it and there's got to be something that you get enraged over uh, it's like it, it, can't this just be like a lighthearted thing like you dress up in a costume of your favorite superhero or whatever and you go get free candy like we can't right. do that anymore right. we have can't to make everything now. some sort of political stance right i know i mean how would they feel i mean i i liken this i'm trying to think of what would trigger the left if if it were popular to do it in every aspect of life and i would think abortion would be it like yeah. if you could just you know at all the sporting events if there were just you know little cut out images of of a fetus of a baby an unborn baby and saying save the babies you know uh, and, and things like that and it was just everywhere they'd be all ah you know you guys are jamming this down our throats you know and um, i actually think that one would be worthwhile because yeah. hey it is actually stopping the slaughter of the unborn um but they they would be they would be beyond frustrated. It would be insufferable for them because they're all choice, et cetera, et cetera. And um, and so 
you know, but that's that's just the way it is right now and the way it's going. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And all the more reason, I think, just to turn the TV off. Yeah. You know, tur- yeah. And, and turn off social media when you can, particularly if you're, you've are you got young kids. Yeah. Make sure you're monitoring what they're looking at. Oh, 100%. All right, let's go over to story number three here, Trey. This is uh, obviously a more normal story. Uh, shocking percentage of Americans <laughs> report personal experiences with the paranormal. <laughs> okay, so here are the details. Um, here are the three things you need to know, starting with the details. So... Our own Billy Hallowell, um, not shockingly, has written about something that relates <laughs> to the demonic world here over on faithwire.com today. You can go check that out. Um, but he was looking at this survey here that was conducted by one poll, and it found that a majority of Americans, 64%, age 21 or older, believe in some form of the paranormal. And so the word paranormal, it's kind of, like as you mentioned at the top there, Trey, it's a sweeping term. But it essentially refers to events unfolding without explicit scientific explanation. So um, respondents offered more specific insights, though, when they were asked about um, individual issues associated with these sort of abnormal phenomena, uh, specifically when it comes to aliens and ghosts. And so 57% said they believe in ghosts. 39% expressed a belief in other worldly visitors. Um... I, we got to talk to Billy. We, he's quoting MarthaStewart.com here. What? A, oh, yeah. Is that a... She's oh. talking about otherworldly visitors? I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a topic. Martha Stewart is... She's actually an expert on all things alien. You didn't know. No, I did not know that. <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, but 44% reported having personal experiences with, quote, inexplicable presences. And more than one in three Americans, that's 35%-ish expressed at some point having felt a strange presence or haunting inside of a current or past home. Um, They called specific encounters in their, quote, haunted homes, including feeling the previous residents appearing um, and suddenly disappearing, hearing doors that would randomly open and close or seeing flickering lights, et cetera, et cetera. All the things you see in movies, of course, that's what happens there at their house. Um, But 49% said that at some point in in their lives, they have quote, felt the presence of a ghost. Now, I, what does that mean exactly? Like, how do you f- yeah. know you felt it? Like, yeah, everybody gets tingly sometimes, right? Like when you, you get scared or something, but isn't that just our own sort of paranoia? I mean, how do you, you know, I mean, I guess they're just saying 49% attribute it to being the, quote, presence of a ghost. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, well, I was going to say the way that I would, I would just assume that because I think as a Christian, a lot of us have experienced this, like feeling the heaviness of a situation or feeling the like the spiritual weight mm-hmm, of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there have been instances when I've gone into places where it's just a, a dark feeling. It's like, oh, this is this is spiritually just heavy. Uh, so that's the best thing that I can relate it to. But obviously, we know that would be more like okay, the, the absence of the Holy Spirit in this situation. Right. Like there, there's not, you know, God is clearly not present in this place. Right. Uh, so like that's something that, that is actually real, but that that's the closest thing that I can, I, I guess I would, I, I don't know really though what it would feel like to, what I'm in the presence of a ghost. Like how, right. how do you know that? Yeah. And uh, number two on this is Billy dives into a little bit of scripture, quoting Ephesians about our struggle being not against flesh and blood, but against mm-hmm. the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces and the evil uh, of evil in the heavenly realms. So um, so as Christians, of course, we need to um, sort of 
understand that, yes, there is a spiritual world and yes, there is good and evil in that spiritual world. And so, you know, I so I don't immediately mock the idea of, quote unquote, ghosts, right? Because obviously in Scripture, there is a spiritual world that we read lots about in Scripture about demon possession. Um, And I think even today we see, you know, as as Billy has covered and we joke about it, but but it's it's a serious topic, you know, um, that that it still happens. And uh, I don't see why we would think that wouldn't ever happen. Um, And so especially when people open themselves up to the demonic world, not that it happens once a year in a couple every October, you know, that people just say, hey, let's celebrate all these. Yeah. Sorry if you like to celebrate Halloween. That's just my little <laughs> dig there. Um, but uh, but I, the point is to bring up that as Christians, like we shouldn't scoff at the right. idea. Maybe the movie caricature of ghosts, where it's you know just uh, you know how we see it in the movies. Maybe that's not the deal. But I mean, I think of Job. I think of um, just you know this verse from Ephesians. There's just so many times you know where we're casting out of demons that that Jesus did. So. <clears throat> There's just so much there that obviously we have to consider that, that, that it's a real thing. And so, um, so number three, why does it matter? Obviously as Christians, as we're just saying, like that's, there are spiritual forces. That is our real battle. Um, and so that is, we need to keep that in mind when we're considering this stuff and not just chalk it up to weirdness or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think we do need to be careful what we invite into our lives, into our homes, uh, because there there is a spiritual darkness. Obviously, there's Satan and there are demons, and they, they feed off of the, that invitation, right? Whether it's uh, something you're doing in jest just to be playful or not, you, we should be careful not to open the door to that kind of stuff. It's like Billy has written about in his book, Playing With Fire, and he's talked about, uh, talked about this stuff before. It's like you shouldn't use Ouija boards and that kind of stuff because yeah. you're opening yourself up to something that is very real, uh, even if you're just doing it playfully. Um, so, and then something that passage about how we battle uh, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Uh, I heard someone recently. This is not completely related, but it was just a good reminder. He said we shouldn't be villainizing other people, and that's something I think we all need to hear right yeah, now. Because totally. uh, he yeah, said we're totally. not like our our enemy is not the person across from us, the flesh and blood person who disagrees with us. Our yeah. enemy is Satan, and is the spiritual forces that are trying mm. to keep the gospel from spreading. Yeah. Uh, so he said, don't get distracted and start seeing another human being as your enemy uh, see them as an ally that you have to help, that you're you know God has put you in their life to help uh, not as someone to to distance yourself from so just a good reminder to, yeah. to, to keep in mind yeah amen to that so all right story number four so celebrity tattoo artist Kat Von D said that she is permanently or is permanently shutting down her tattoo shop in LA in order to move completely to a historic home that she bought in a small town in rural Indiana. So I actually grew up watching her show on TLC LA Inc. Uh, So this was a really interesting story to me. She's an interesting character, but she was always super entertaining. Uh, So here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. Uh, So Vondi purchased uh, a a historic mansion in Southern Indiana last December. And when she bought it, she said that she would split her time between her tattoo parlor in LA and the house in Indiana. But with COVID restrictions still not going away and taxes certainly not shrinking uh, in California, uh, she is just abandoning LA altogether. 
so last year when she first bought the house, here's what she wrote on social media. With all that has been taking place in California with terrible policies, tyrannical government overreach, ridiculous taxing, amongst so much more corruption, uh, we just felt the need to plant roots in a small town where there is nature, where my son can be free to play, uh, and where we can eventually retire one day. She's talking about her and her husband. Uh, she posted a follow-up this week writing, the more time we spend in Indiana, we realize we feel more at home there than we do here in L.A. After much thought, we've decided we will permanently be moving to Indiana at the end of this year. Uh, so number two, the house she purchased is known as the Schenck Mansion. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Uh, it's This is crazy to me. I mean, just super humble little home. Uh, it sits on more than 10 acres of land. Uh, it has 35 rooms and more than 12,000 square feet with fountains and even waterfalls. Uh, it has seven balconies and 13 chimneys. Uh, so uh, Von D said that she bought the house for about $1.5 million uh, and plans to open a private tattoo parlor there uh, once the renovations are complete in the house. Uh, so number three here, why does it matter? Look, Von D is just the latest person to leave California uh, because of the government overreach taxes, the homelessness problem, which has been especially an issue in L.A. Uh, ben Shapiro, he, conservative founder of The Daily Wire, he left and moved his company to Tennessee uh, several months ago for many of the same reasons. Elon Musk is relocating to Texas. Joe Rogan moved to Austin uh, recently after leaving California. Uh, so I, it just seems to be this growing trend that's not slowing down. People yeah. are just successful people who have built companies there. Like, it's not worth it financially for me to keep my company here so no. they're just they're getting out of town it's so weird too because these big companies trey they pay zero in taxes that's what i've heard anyway oh, yes. from the from zero. the politicians that they pay zero so why would they want to leave if they're getting such a good deal I, it, beyond me it's almost like they don't pay zero but yeah <laughs> i mean it makes look uh i think everyone understands that the government needs some money to function but i i think yeah it's just so obvious that Especially people like Elon Musk, who have the means to just up and move, and it's not a big deal if their house yeah. is a little up or a little down in the market or whatever. Uh, you know, yeah, it'll cost them some money, but they've got money, so they can up and move. And I mean, we saw this in France years ago when they had the wealth tax on there, seventy-five percent, I think, over everything over a million dollars, and they had that thing in there for not very long, and they just said, okay, that was that didn't work. Let's revoke that because you take away all incentive to create. There's right. such a trickle down effect on punishing taxes at that level, especially yeah. some. I mean, if you just think about it. Why would you invest if, OK, let's say you're a company and you make millions and millions of dollars, but, you know, all right, if I invest five million dollars in a new line or a new product or something and they're going to take 75 percent of every dollar I make over a million well, why why would you do that? Why why would you why would you invest five million if you know you were gonna make a hundred million and they took seventy five million dollars of that hundred million hundred million? It just yeah. it's just like okay, not worth the risk, right? Um, so yeah. uh, anyway, it's just it's just logic, and I think we're seeing that play out, and um, it's gonna keep happening until the state is forced to reckon with their own policies. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the other aspect here is I think uh, Kat Von D's son, his, her little boy, is going to have a whole lot more fun growing up yeah. in in rural Indiana in a massive mansion with 10 acres to explore. <laughs> so I, he's going to have a much better childhood there than he would in L.A. anyway. <laughs> yeah. And 
And this is just a guess, but probably a lot of nice, nicer people as well. <laughs> you go to the Midwest, yeah. you go to the South. I mean, it's just the, the, the friendliness factor is noticeable. Yeah. So, all right. That is all the time we have for this episode of the four and three podcast. As always, make sure you uh, go over and subscribe on iTunes, wherever else you like to listen to podcasts, the four and three podcast uh, from CBN's Faithwire. And uh, as always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. We'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless.